ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਸਿੰਘ ਆਰਮੀ ਪੋਡਕਾਸਟ ਟੁਡੇ ਵੀ ਕੈਨ ਹੈਵ ਅ ਇਨਫੋਰਮਲ ਚੈਟ ਡਿਬੇਟ ਟਾਕ ਲੈਟਸ ਟਾਕ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਅ ਫਿਊ ਆਫ ਦ ਇਸ਼ੂਜ਼ ਗੋਇੰਗ ਔਨ ਰਾਈਟ ਨਾਓ ਮੀਡੀਆ ਕੰਟਰੋਲ ਵੈਕਸੀਨੇਸ਼ਨਸ ਦਾ ਰੋਡ ਮੈਪ ਬੈਕ ਟੂ ਨੋਰਮੈਲਿਟੀ ਗੁਰੂ ਕਾਸ ਓਪਨਿੰਗ ਐਂਡ ਐਵਰੀਥਿੰਗ ਐਲਸ ਦੈਟ ਇਜ਼ ਅਫੈਕਟਿੰਗ ਅਸ ਰਾਈਟ ਨਾਓ ਵਿਦ ਦ ਕਰੋਨਾ ਵਾਇਰਸ ਸੋ ਵੀ ਕਵਰਡ ਕਰੋਨਾ ਵਾਇਰਸ ਅ ਫਿਊ ਮੰਥਸ ਅਗੋ ਆਈ ਥਿੰਕ ਵੈਨ ਇਟ ਵਾਸ ਫਰਸਟ ਕਾਈਂਡ ਆਫ getting rolled out and now a lot's changed since then so there's a lot we can discuss and we've got a lot of different views today around all the all the sing army team there's some people pro some people for for various different things so it's going to be informal chat today and let's see where this takes us body let me start off off the bat first question to you are you going to have the vaccine yes or no so just answer that question me personally at the moment I wouldn't take the vaccine at this present moment in time um just purely because of the research that I've done around that. Okay, Bobby, let me ask you, Mr. Singh number 2. No, I wouldn't take the vaccine. Okay. Number 3. Myself, I would take the vaccine. Okay. Number 4. I've already taken the vaccine. I want to go on holidays. Well that. Okay, and number 5. Yeah, I just had the vaccine today. Wow. Okay. So, mixed views here from all the team on their Skype. Different Skypes everyone's uh, at home obviously. So, let's discuss it. who wants it, who doesn't want it, why. Me personally, I'm trying to avoid it yet, but if needs are a must then it's something that I probably would do. So, by you said first no. Tell us why. Why you're not having this vaccine? that the government and all the scientists and all the health advisors and pretty much the whole world is trying to roll out but you don't want it yeah so just to make it very clear from the start uh, before anyone thinks like we're giving medical advice here we're not here to give medical advice i'm not a doctor nobody here on the podcast who's with us is a doctor so i don't want to claim that i'm giving medical advice but if you ask me personally why i'm not ready to take the vaccine at the moment it comes down to choice and research and i think in the world at the moment and just coming away from the topic of the vaccine for a second in the world at the moment what i'm seeing is a lack of critical thinking and research by people and this isn't just on the vaccine this isn't just on coronavirus this is like any topic affecting our day-to-day lives whether that's our health mental health um consumers as consumers what we buy what we don't buy there's a lot of uh, there's a lack of critical thinking just generally in public so taking it back to the vaccine i think just applying some of that critical thinking we look at other vaccinations that have taken place uh, historically and most vaccines you need 7 to 9 years of testing around the vaccine to prove its side effects now But we we be with that point there 7 to 9 years and that's the thing that everybody has said and I haven't done as much research as probably you have on this topic but if we're just using if we're just using common sense uh, as a thing the various different illnesses viruses affect different parts of the world mm-hmm. when has there been a mass virus affecting everyone every single country's resource and money going into that research it is obviously going to get fast tracked Yeah, and I I actually agree with you on that point. I think 
companies, if you, if you work within a company and you're putting all your resources and all of your money into something, you can get something done a lot quicker. So I actually agree with you on that point. Now, again, going back to the points of why I wouldn't take the vaccine at the moment, and this is something which everybody does need to understand when it comes to making a choice around what they're putting into their body. At the moment, this vaccine is not a clinically proven vaccine. It's a trial. We're in the phase three of a trial. So, you know, we can't say that this is a, this is a live vaccine that has been fully tested. And that is something very, very important to understand. And just on that topic... But um, when you're saying that, yeah. so are you saying that the results are not proven or are you saying it's unsafe? I know of an elderly, literally, like, who's passed away about two weeks ago. Uh, she had the vaccine done. She was elderly anyway, but they did say that the death was due to corona as well. And she did have the vaccine. So, And how many doses of the vaccine did she have? Did she have the second dose as well? or? No idea. I don't, no, I don't know about that. Okay, so, yeah, back back to my... I presume not, because you have to wait, don't you? Yeah, yeah there's, about there's, three months wait. Yeah, there's a, there is a wait. Oh. Weeks, yeah. The first injection, what percentage does that um, protect you from the... No, so we're going back to the back, back to the question. The question was, is that because it's unsafe, or is that because there's it's not proven to basically cure the disease? Because if we're looking at safety here, let's be here honest. In the UK, there's a certain amount of even let's just look at a drink. Mountain Dew was banned in the UK. Too much sugar. Red Bull had to take it sugar. You know, so obviously they're not going to give us anything that's unsafe. Yeah, so are you saying it's unsafe or are you saying the results are not Okay, good? so, um, you know, when, when we talk about, I mean, there's a label going around at the moment of anti-vaxxers. And, and this is another problem that we have in our communities is we try to label people and we try to label people's way of thinking. And there's a, there's a very um, prominent quote from an American author. Um, and that quote was, intelligence is being able to understand and withhold information from two different ideas be able to carry on your life as normal so i think what we do is we get into a habit of taking one idea and putting that in our heads and not being able to explore other people's ideas without labeling them as something so we have we label people as conspiracy theorists and we label people as anti-vaxxers which is also very dangerous because you're not taking on people on board other people's ideas and other people's views okay and in especially in a, de a democratic state Debate is a very, very important tool. So to be able to debate other people's ideas is a I understand that around thing. internet, around uh, privacy data, and around uh, face recognition, face recognition cameras, freedom of speech. But with medicine, surely only those qualified in this in this area are medical professionals. You know, one thing I was going to say. You know, the vaccine is is true, isn't it? That if you're looking to have children. It, it affects your fertility so you can't have so just anybody. just coming on to that uh, this is a, like again um i think there might be this concept uh, like misconception or you know that all anti-vaxxers are going to throw things against the vaccine and all this kind of stuff my kind of stance on it is more pro-choice so just with the fertility thing um at the moment the trials and the clinical data say there's no effect on fertility so this is, again, another common misconception. And as someone who's not going to take the vaccine, yeah. I will actually kind of like put your point and say that's not true in that case. You know, like, you say that, but at least I bumped into a nurse 
works for the NHS. Yeah. She said herself, I've not taken the vaccine and I've told my daughter not to take it simply because of that reason. Yeah. So that's come first hand from a nurse, not yeah. from like the, the books or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. And again, like, you know, where, where, we, where we have got misconceptions, the idea is to try and use the science and look at the you know valid science and look at the re, um, the sort of the sources of the science to try and prove or disapprove a theory. So the fertility one, from the evidence that I've seen, it doesn't affect fertility. But it's very interesting. An MP came out this week and they were trying to sort of sell, let's say, sell the vaccine to the Punjabi community. So they did uh, they did a video in Punjabi trying to encourage people to take the vaccine. And in the vaccine, they say, you know, there's misconceptions like there's meat and undine in the vaccine. And he came out and he said, there isn't meat and under in the vaccine. We know that. Mm. He said, um, people say that they're trying to sneak microchips into the vaccine, which is really interesting that people think this or people try and like give this misconception. Um, number one, let's just say from the bat, I don't believe that there's microchips in the vaccine. Okay. Uh, I don't think we need to because I think people will willingly have that put in their bodies and they will pay for that. But that's a, that's a topic we can come to later down the line. Um, now, one of the things he did say, which I didn't agree with in this video, was he said it's safe for pregnant women to take. Now, if you look at all of the clinical trials and all of the research done around the vaccine um, from the manufacturers, from the clinical studies, they say that there isn't enough research to say whether it is safe for pregnant women to take or not. There's not enough data. So when we've got our MPs coming out and trying to sell the vaccine to people, and they're saying things like the, the, it's safe for pregnant women to take, then what they're doing is they're putting misconceptions out as well and they're putting incorrect data out into the public as well. But you're saying that they're trying to sell the vaccine, the MPs are. Um, I read an article recently saying that in Alam Rock, which is a heavily uh, Pakistani community, um, there's a lot more cases of coronavirus in that area. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't taking the vaccine in that area also. So these MPs going out and uh, spreading the word of the vaccine in different languages, so the Punjabi language in this case, don't you think that's going to help our people um, in the Punjabi community to understand the effects, the benefits of the vaccine? That's why they're doing it rather than trying to sell yeah, it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I personally see it as selling. And the reason why I see it as selling is earlier in the pandemic, when they did initial sort of surveys in the public to see what percentage of the public would actually want to take the vaccine, um, initial sort of surveys and reports suggested that up to 40% of people in the UK didn't trust the data and didn't trust the science and didn't trust the advisors who are telling them about the vaccine. So then they went on almost like a campaign. And this is a really, really interesting topic because they now get celebrities to endorse the vaccine. It's become a social media trend to go to a vaccination centre, get a vaccine, and post it on social media that here's my ticket, I got a vaccine. Yeah, that's probably because um, these days we don't trust the government enough, but we trust the celebrities. Yeah, that's true. And on the two things that you said that I just want to touch on, one is pregnant women taking a vaccine. As a parent, okay, or in this instance as a, as a woman is expecting, you're going to do what you feel is the best for your child. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, most parents are skeptical about all the jabs, tetanuses and everything that the kids have, but it's very hard to say no to it. it. Is. And as a parent, you want to give your kid, okay, especially unborn child, the best chance possible. So you would go with the safest option. It's a safer option to take it than not take it. So you'll go with the safer option simply because it's for your child's benefit. Okay. And secondly, 
what I do want to talk about um, selling it in, in the in the Punjabi community I mean it's we're talking about people who come from Punjab people who come from India people who come from Pakistan people who come from Sri Lanka people who come from African countries all the um, Asians and the black community are low on taking it but if you look at their thinking they came from their homeland to here and they never had no tetanuses no polio no meningitis jab nothing and majority of them they're fine so they don't they just got that big dirty scar yeah they have that big <laughs> chunky like looks like a cigar we put on their arm kind of scar all dissy people do whatever that is but generally apart from that They've got through all of that without anything, so they feel that, you know what, we'll be okay based on our, our whole life, that we haven't had to take anything, whereas all you guys have, but our health is pretty much the same. You know, that's just general, general consensus. Yeah, I get that, but this virus, what I've heard and what I've been told about it is, is much more extreme and more dangerous than meningitis or any other disease or the Mardi out there. Yeah, I mean, just look at it in such a short amount of time. How many people have died from it? How many people are suffering from it? I mean, all these other injections that you get, you know, you got flu, you're talking about meningitis. It hasn't affected, like Buddy said earlier on, hasn't affected the whole world at a time. Like, say with SARS and you had the um, Ebola. Ebola injections and stuff. Well, you know, they're still looking for a cure for Ebola as well, but it hasn't, you could say, it affected, th they call them third world countries. So not everybody's resources are going to go there. But when it's on your own doorstep, you're gonna really, you know, you you're gonna care about it more to pump all that money into it, and when, you, buddy, you touched on that point about, you know, um, you want to give your, you want safety wise, you want to give it like if you're expecting a child, you want to give it every chance it's got, Hannah. If you got one percent chance that you can catch COVID and pass it on to somebody who's vulnerable, elderly, or, or comes into that category, you're gonna want to try and do something to stop it. So that's that was my reason for taking the vaccine. Is like I don't want to have that guilt or co guilty conscience that you know I caught it, if I was asymptomatic or whatever, and I passed it on to somebody and they caught it and something fatal happened. I think that's that's a key point there because in my head um, and others around me, I've noticed that they're more concerned about the elderly having the vaccine rather than themselves, um, and that's is a key point. But at the moment, it's good because I believe that everyone over sixty or majority of people over sixteen have been offered it or have taken it now. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I was given it um, was because I'm asthmatic, so I come under that category. I mean, I understand what you're saying, the science behind it, it's not all great. You know, this time last year, it, you, like you said, it was just being rolled out, not everybody had a clue what was going on. But now, a year's gone by, you look at across across the globe, look at New Zealand, Australia, this country's taking up precautions that they'd put in place now to try and have a more of an impact in this country so we can open up the restrictions and go about our day-to-day -day lives more normally so yeah um if if they let them but advise them for or against okay so this, this is an interesting topic and people have asked me this um within my family so let's just take my family um as a whole um where people have been able to do their own research okay like my parents um and my cousins and so on and whatever you have it um i would recommend to them my my biggest thing on this is doing your own research and if you feel that the vaccine is the answer and it's going to protect you 
by all means take it. Now, you're talking about grandparents, so let's just take the older generation, the older population, and people who are vulnerable. Naturally, their immune systems are going to be a lot weaker. So in that case, it probably would make more sense for them to have a vaccination because their natural immune system isn't as strong. Um, they, they're less likely to build up a natural immunity and it would be easier for them to get the immunity through the vaccination. Okay? So again, I'm not out here telling people not to take the vaccine. What it comes down to for me is choice. And this is the problem that we have um, in the community, in the population at the moment, is we're very easy, we're very quickly jumping on people who are not taking the vaccine and labeling them as people who don't care about health or labeling them as people who, you know, are oh, you're gonna pass it on to people, you're gonna selfish, cure people, you're selfish. you're selfish. And it's, it's, it's very dangerous, it's a very dangerous uh, path to go down. Okay. But, but I think with that as well, you're saying um, you're labeling them and doing stuff, you know, putting them in a different category. It's quite hard to not label them when, obviously, like you're saying, you're not an anti-vaxxer, but people with that sort of source, they are labeled anti-vaxxers because they go on these massive marches in downtown London or whatever, regardless of whether or not the government's right on this lockdown or not. But when people do all these things of having these parades of anti-vaxxer parades and all this yeah it kind of annoys everybody else because it delays the opening up of restrictions it's well we're told you know again this is the media like you said we can't we can't be 100% where it comes from but we're told that these sort of mass gatherings spread the virus and make us more vulnerable <coughs> to it okay so just on your point about you know people gathering and people going on marches and protests you know, in democratic society, you have a right to protest. You have a right to voice your opinions and your concerns. Now, if somebody is passionate about a particular topic and they felt they're not being heard, then what would you suggest them to do? Well, you got millions of kids in Delhi protesting. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, yeah. Corona have come out from that. I don't know people saying, yeah, the weather difference. It's been freezing there as well. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree with you. I'm, I'm just saying, but you're saying they're being labelled like that. The reason they're being labelled like that is because the way they're being portrayed to us is being anti-government. Going, we get told the, you know, the restrictions are getting harder. They're going to get more harder in places because, you know, the blame gets put on those people that they're protesting. They've spread the they've spread the virus in that area. Just in the media, they keep coming out with you know, oh, BAME communities aren't aren't taking the vaccine. They're most vulnerable and this that the other. But when you go and do your research on where all the information has come from, it's not the BAME community that's putting the information out there of, you know, sorry to keep using the term, but anti-vaxxers, anti-government, anti-media, everything. It's actually coming from, you could say, your Caucasian people, you know what I mean? So it's been the blame being put on the BAME community and the frustrations there. I feel like right now, though, people haven't got the time or the capacity to do the research. So a lot of people are listening to hearsay and uh, there's a lot of conspiracies out there that's saying that if you have the vaccine this happens that happens to you this is in there um so it's difficult right now because a lot of people are against the vaccine whereas some people are for the vaccine but i believe that if the government tell us to take the vaccine they've got a lot more knowledge than just say the armbanda or person that hasn't done the research to give us the right advice to take it because right. they're on the back of uh, doctors and scientists that yeah. have done the research. You say that, yeah, but then when when the government were when it all first came out and they were laying this lockdown and everyone was like, oh, the government ain't got a clue, the government ain't got a clue, and now everybody's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So can I just address a couple of points there? Firstly, Paj, you talked about, um, you know, it's the media who's labelling these um, 
sort of um, as anti-vaxxers. Yeah, the labelling them as anti-vaxxers. The people are going out and protesting. They're labelling them. Now, let me ask you a question. Just you know, this is a Sikhi-based podcast. So let me ask you a question. Um, you've attended, uh, you've attended, or I've attended, um, or people around us have attended protests uh, against what's happening to the Kassans in India. Yep. Now, when those people went to protest, who labelled them? It was the media that labelled them as yeah. terrorists, yeah. as Khalistanis, and as you know whatever else they labelled them as. So, in that case, did you then just go and believe exactly what the media were telling you that they're they're terrorists, they're Khalistanis, nah, or did I'm you did you use critical thinking, and did you apply some logic to say no, these people actually have a point, and let's try and take their point on board? But before we answer that question, um, we had that with the WhatsApp, didn't we? So the WhatsApp privacy laws, they were going to change and everybody on a mass scale, like let's go to Signal. So we know that people do, in that case, did do some critical thinking. And in terms of propaganda, yes, we know, having been at war with the Indian state for a long time, okay, we know that there's a lot of propaganda, false propaganda. It happens in this country as well you know with with prominent figures there's a lot of false propaganda but when it comes to everybody's health okay surely that would be different how would the government benefit from all of this okay because most propaganda <coughs> is done for the for the benefit of the government yeah so um this this is where like this sort of topics get gets really interesting and it, it can get quite deep and there's a lot of different angles on this so there's some theories okay so if we if we and I'm going to use the label myself here, conspiracy theorist. Okay, there are some conspiracy theorists that believe that there are elites that control the world, and what they do is to for to their own evil benefit that they believe that these people are evil, and th this is why they're trying to control the world. That's one train of thought. The other train of thought is that the same things are still happening, okay, but it's not done out of sort of. Um, these people being evil, it's sort of systemic. It's part of the system that um, through efficiencies, through trying to increase productivity, that these are just natural sort of side effects of that system. So there's, there's two trains of thoughts there. Now, as an optimist, I would like to believe they're just side effects of, of the system rather than being done out of pure evil. Okay. So when we talk about, you know, what gain are they going to get? It's, it's really interesting because... Let's just look at what's happened during this pandemic, okay? Um, I'll give you one example. Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock was recently found guilty of um, not following the correct procedures when it comes to giving government contracts, okay? So when it comes to giving government contracts around this, around the corona, around the PPE, he didn't follow the correct procedures. And what he's done is he's actually fast-tracked his friends, people that he knows, and he's fast-tracked their businesses to get to a stage where they're, they're getting given government contracts. And now some of these companies have never produced PP in their lives, in, their whole, like in the history of their company. They've never produced PPE. They've never been health-related. And all of a sudden, they're getting like millions and billion pounds worth of contracts to, to supply this PPE to the government. And it was actually later found that some of those companies... 150 million pounds of taxpayers money was spent on protective equipment with these companies that was not fit for purpose 
That's, okay. that, that's that batch that came over from Turkey, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they had to seize yeah. it here, they couldn't release it. And, and, this, and this is where we say, you know, what, 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 is the, what is the benefit or what benefit is the government getting out of it? But we just have, we have to have a look at what's taking place. Yeah. And this, this is a prime example of, of things that are going on. There is government corruption. Now, I, I know there's a lot of people who might not be anti-vax. Um, they might not be, um, you know, anti-corona. But a lot of people, a lot more people believe that there is corruption in the government. That but there is we, corruption we do, in the media. We know there's corruption in the government. But what we're talking about here is the corruption. Okay, there is a money-making scam. Okay, I get that. They, they, they gave contracts to their friends and, and whatever have you and said basically set up this company um, this is how you do it or we'll give you the contract I get that but some of the things that I've seen now we're going to slightly go take it a little bit further back now is some people saying that COVID doesn't exist of course COVID exists I've had COVID I felt it yeah um, and then it went on to which I probably more agree with is we're not saying it's fake we're saying it's planned yeah so if it is planned then the way any government would think they will think five to ten years ahead okay and so we won't see the effects of that until five to ten years time so to speak but surely the way society is now even in a house a family you can't keep a secret if there was a mass conspiracy theory secret going on surely we would be privy to it by now with the amount of people involved <coughs> So I just want to go back to I don't I don't think I answered your question properly last time about the you know what benefit are they going to get out of not protecting people's health okay so just on this um, again I'm being an optimist I don't think they do this out of you know evil their their you know own evil agendas I don't I don't think it's like that it's it's sort of systemic um, but this is the problem uh, that a lot of people have at the moment is there aren't debates going on there's a lot of censorship going on. So people with opposite opinions to the government are being censored. But have we got time to debate the vaccine right now? Have we got time? We've got to make a decision okay. now. Because so June, July... I, just, I want to take the vaccine out of the equation. I want to talk about lockdowns for a second. Okay. So with the lockdowns, um, lockdown, the theory of a lockdown and putting it into practice has been discussed for many years. They were going to do it for other, other infections, so like the bird flu, like the swine flu, like um, you know, all these other kind of things. And it's very interesting, I was, reading, I was reading up on this the other day, and the modelling that was used for bird flu, okay, so the, there's, a, there's a professor from uh, Imperial College, and he was responsible for the modelling of the bird flu, and his initial estimates, which the government based their policies on, were that 150 million people worldwide would die of bird flu. And this is what the governments use to base their policies on. Okay. Now, do we know how many people actually died of bird flu? No. Anyone want to hazard a guess? No idea. Okay. 247. Not 247,000. Not 247 million. 247 people worldwide died of, of bird flu. And yet policies were put in place based on predictions of 150 million people dying. And... This, this is where I talk about, you know, lockdowns and all the policies that have been put in place is they're put in place based on these kind of estimations that are given by scientists. They say we're following the science. So the initial estimates for the UK death toll was around about 500 to 600,000 people. OK, now that is worst case scenario if you don't put policies in place. 
So the reason why it's been lower than that is because, yes, certain policies have been put in place, certain protections, I, I agree with that. But is a lockdown the most effective way to handle this? Well, and the this policies is what we've that we've put in place at. have been more reactive than proactive. So with bird flu, I'm, I'm not too sure with that because I, I wasn't you know, totally engaged back then when it was going on. But I don't believe the government put policies in place before. They didn't do a lockdown to control bird flu, did they? Before? No, not at that time because no. they didn't think that was the right thing but to now, do. But now, based on the deaths of coronavirus, COVID, what you want to call it, there's been a lot of policies put in place after to kind of control them numbers. And when the government talked to us about the numbers and the figures, you can see when the lockdown's in place, the, the figures of having COVID or the death rates do fall. And the R factor, the number that they include for that, then rates do fall, don't they? But saying that, um, the COVID rates might have fallen, but there's other problems that people have started to get, i.e. their mental health problems, um, you know, just being at home every day. You know, me personally... I've been putting on weight, I've um, been waking up late, not been getting out um, to get any fresh air. Um, you know, you just, you're finding yourself locked in your house and it's not healthy for you at all. Yeah, again, I don't want to sound like the conspiracy guy, yeah? But I've seen videos as well of footage from hospitals when they were saying, it's all, it's all, all you know what I mean? All time peak of people dying. And it was ghost town in there. So. And, and this, this, is, this is a problem. So we're talking about lockdowns. Are they effective? Are they not? Okay. Now what we're doing is we're looking at the statistics for COVID and we're saying that it has a positive effect on controlling the COVID rates, which there's no arguing, okay? The, the science is there to prove that, that that takes place. Now, would you say the lockdown, and this is a question back to you know everyone who's on the podcast today, do you think a lockdown is the most effective way to handle something like this when it, when it occurs? And in that, I want you to consider all of the negative side effects of a lockdown. So, um, you know, like you were saying, you've got the mental health aspects of it. You've got the fact that you've got the fact that you're not training. You've got the fact that people um, aren't looking after themselves. There's anxiety. There's stress. All of this kind of domestic stuff is violence, yeah, domestic like violence, suicide rates. All of this kind of stuff. Playing warzone a lot more. <laughs> playing warzone a lot more. And you know, we jo- we joke about it, but you know, since since his lockdown. You know, before before the lockdown, I was training every single day, pretty much. Yeah, and I felt like I was so healthy. During this lockdown, I've been sitting at home playing Warzone. I haven't trained, yeah. and I feel like my my general health and like you know that has gotten downhill. Yeah, I totally get that. It's a battle, though, isn't it? Because you got on one side the health you need to consider from the government perspective. You got you know um, economy that you need to consider as well. You got people's mental health. So there's a lot of factors taking place. But if you can see right in front of you with the figures. A lot of people getting coronavirus and unfortunately passing away from it or spreading it. You know, the government's got to make a decision here and they feel lockdown is the is a, one of the most uh, effective um, ways to obviously prevent that and uh, handle that. But they've done other things as well, like face masks, um, you know, social distancing. And they're saying, you know, if you wash your hands. They're, so they try different ways to control this. And lockdowns, like you said, have been proven. It does work. But we're talking about lockdown. You talked about all the negatives, but... I am sorry to say this for anyone who's had a loved one pass away during the pandemic, but then for everybody else, you know, you spent time with your parents, spent time with your kids, you spent good quality time, all the things that you always said you wanted to do, you never had the chance to do. We've now had ample time to do that. We've had a time to realise that loads of things we do in life, they're not important, and we've had time to reflect, think, and spend time with those people that are important. So 
you know, lockdown, has it been a disaster? Has it been the worst thing ever? I don't think so, no. I agree with that. But it's an awful time to die because you're dying alone. Mm. Yeah, imagine imagine being in hospital and nobody can come see you. Imagine losing a loved one and not being able to see that loved one. Even that not being able to go to the Guru God a lot of people. Yeah, so uh, going on that and going on the mental health um, illness. So there's someone I know, people just talking. And he was doing the lungar drops. Um, and behind a Guru God, there's a flats, elderly people living on their own. 70s, 80s. And they've got nobody to talk to, to talk to. They would try and hold that guy for as long as possible, just so they could be talking to somebody. The Guru God was their life. And I feel the government and lockdowns, they've completely taken that away from many people. Surely, I mean, surely we, we had to do right. The state council, the various organizations, they all advise, you know, let's go into lockdown. It's safe. Let's not go against the rules and the regulations because it's safer. Um, for that, because mostly the 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 Goddore, they're full of elderly. Uh, our generation, um, we don't go as much as the elderly, and for their safety and for their well-being, it was said, you know, let let let's close it down. I think we can all agree that you know the government's done a shambolic job, really, of um, how to do a lockdown. Huh? It, it's kind of a learn on, on the job, do it as you go, because that infrastructure isn't built for lockdowns. Think about it, you know, going shopping. Like you say, with the elderly people, but you said they're living on their own, you know. So the government had to learn on the job. It's not a case. So mistakes are going to be made. I'm not sticking up for them. I, I, you know, me personally, I'm a delivery driver, and I haven't. Everyone talks to me about oh lockdown, you know, stuck at home doing this, doing that. I'm out every day. My my day to day life hasn't changed at all yeah, one no, bit. That's true. You know, I, I'm still out the house seven in the morning, back at home seven in the evening, working. It's different perspectives, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, and. That's why I don't feel that with the lockdown topic, for me personally, like you said, talking on this panel, as a delivery job, it hasn't affected me because I don't, you know, it, I'm still out every single day. But just on that point, you know, and I, I, th- I think this is a trap that people fall into. Um, a lot of us have the privilege of working from home. We can carry on with our jobs. We're still going to be making money. It's not going to affect us and our families. Um, you know, we can spend time at home with our families, all this kind of stuff. And I think... You know, people talk from a place of privilege when they say, how hard is it just to sit at home and watch the TV and play games and be with your family? And this is the kind of stuff I've heard come out during this pandemic. And I feel that's, you're saying that from a place of privilege or people that say that are saying it from a place of privilege. Now, we have to look at the people that the lockdown is affecting, affecting negatively and what help and support can we do for those? Or can we change the policies in the future? Because now that this policy has been put in place, you know, governments all across the world, um, organisations all across the world have been talking about this for years on whether they're going to put lockdowns in place to control virus. Now that it's actually happened for the first time in history, we we have to question the efficiency of it. You know, this, is, this is what I mean, buddy. This is obviously, like you said, it's never happened before. You know, lockdowns haven't happened. I don't think something like this happened since World War Two with the, you know, when the bombs are going to be dropped, everyone jump into your uh, the bunkers tunnels roads you know roads are empty so it's something we're going to learn from it's not a topic like you know it's you know it's the first time it's ever happened so really going forward i don't ever think if it happened again that we'll be in the same situation with these mad lockdowns you know like we had the first lockdown last year second lockdown third lockdown 
I think it'll be a lot more relaxed and like you said we'll learn from our mistakes and we'll we'll have a better chance next time I just want to touch on it um, so with these government policies a lot of them don't align with Sikhi so as Paji was saying about the elderly earlier a lot of people go to the Godwara to get rid of diseases they don't get to ca- they don't go to catch diseases and um, a lot of people won't understand that but that's all through obviously Maharaj's Kirpa um, so you know it would affect them massively imagine not being able to do the one thing you love the most and it will it will absolutely destroy you especially if you're elderly and you're living by yourself you've not got any support um you know that's your go-to and you know people it's it's not healthy at all it's um i think there needs to be a lot better ways to manage that within like taking religion into hand and yeah, government policies you're right and i think the government did because obviously like you said you know the government aren't privy to the way our, our sikhi teaches us about how to live day to day but just looking, you're talking about religion. There, I think it was in Wales. Um, a priest in Wales, um, you know, went against lockdown rules and carried on his uh, church service because he was like, you know, this is the house of God. If we're not going to get cured here, where are we going to get cured? So I think that favoured us in a way that, you know, we were able to offer opening hours for God and it wasn't just a complete lockdown. So yeah. if you remember, lockdown one was a complete lockdown. All God was shut. And then, like I said, they're going to learn as they go on. So... The second lockdown, we were able to implement opening hours, you know, so spread spread the Sangat out through the day or just have key, key periods in the day when people can come. Okay, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I ask you a question then for everyone that is on the panel? Um, you know, we're talking about the lockdown, we're talking about all of the different measures that have been put in place. Do you think we should just blindly follow what the government say? And, you know, any policies they put out, any rules they put out, should we be blindly following these policies without questioning and without critical thinking? Uh, Absolutely not. We shouldn't blindly follow anything. But like I said before, it's difficult for people to do the research or some people are just lazy and they don't want to do the research. So we've got to assume that what the government's doing, they're looking out for the majority and they're trying to do what's best. Are they? Are they? Because why I ask you that is because they did help out to eat out right in the summer that was fine but as soon as um the virus spiked again they automatically blamed as you could say you've used systematically quite a lot today blame the youth for that yeah but but when they didn't eat out um you know back in when it was august time the virus rates were a bit lower following the the massive lockdown we had earlier and then they had to look after the the economy because the economy was struggling Restaurants are struggling, and that's why the government's got you know various things to juggle, and um, various perspectives to look at. And they thought the best decision then would be to you know help the economy a bit, but ease on the restrictions. But surely there's better ways to help. You know, I mean, it's quite silly really to let people get together during a pandemic, just for the reason of what helping the system yeah but back then it was four maybe five months we were in some sort of lockdown some sort of restrictions and people getting fed up so the government have to act on that as well people the government had to act on people's mental health not just the economy and that's why they tried to ease down the restrictions but it was a shambles clearly wasn't it so they've tried different um ideas and what uh, baji said earlier is that they're learning on the job aren't they yeah we, we've said that various times let's bring it in and let's discuss how it's affecting Sikhi. So obviously we can't have no programs and doing a program on Zoom 
is nowhere near Baji, wouldn't you agree? Listening to Kirtan or listening, you know, getting Darshan of Maharaj on Zoom is a million miles away from actually being there in person because Sikhi is an experience. You know, I can't tell you what it feels like to to Japnam or or to do certain things. You have to experience it and some of the things. Now the big talking point is the baptism ceremony, the Amrath Sanjar, that's that's the big talking point where everybody at the Amrath Sanjar, despite of age, colour, caste, creed, previous medical illnesses, despite whatever vaccine they have or haven't had, we all will drink out of that same butter when it is made, when we are baptised. So going forward, I know of one Amrath Sanjar that was planned and uh, a health advisor linked to the Gurukar said you can do one but everyone has to have their own butter which completely defeats the object and you know is the Amr Sanchar let's just talk about the Amr Sanchar ceremony itself is that timeless in itself is, is that is that way the best way despite what the government will tell us today I think the thing with the Amr Sanchar is when you go to take Amrit you go to give your head so what's flu, what's corona going to do, you know what I mean? You have that mentality that I'm going to this Amrath to give my head for, for Sikhi, for Guru Sahib, Hana. So in, in when you, if you're looking at it like that, like who's going to care? That's why we're cut off a different cloth. Like when it comes to our mentality, what we are, yes, we abide by laws. We're at the same time, when it comes to Sadat, when it comes to Sikhi, when it comes to Sadaqad, personally, if you ask me, I think... 100% Amr Sanjars need to carry on because and I think of it like we, we, we touched on it earlier there's a lot of people who are you know what I mean Puri Hoi Jandiya they are, they are dying and imagine if your last last wish was for you to take Amrit Ki jawab do you know what I mean I'm oh, sorry we can't do that Boris Kandani yeah and I, to- I totally agree and this is where I asked the question earlier do we just blindly follow what the governments tell us and I feel like we've got into a state these days. Again, we are Sikhi podcast. We all seek on this panel. And I feel like we've got to a state where we're willing to blindly follow the governments of the world, the, pe- the people who are running the countries, but we're not willing to blindly follow our guru and what our guru says. And I, I don't understand where, as a community, as a Pant, we have got into this state. Because... In 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 Bani in Herera Sahib, Maharaj says, "Pay parapata manak dehriya govind milan ki eh tiri bhaya avrakaj tere kitna kam milasad sangat paj kevul naam." That we should be meeting with the sad sangat, and we should be jumping on naam. We should be doing kirtan programs, and Maharaj says, "This is the only purpose of your life. This is, you have been given this human form, human life form." To come and meet with the Saad Sangat and recite Simran and do Kirtan, and this is the only purpose of your life. And now, if we are in lockdowns and we are, you know, closing Goddore and denying people Darshan of Maharaj, denying people Darshan of the Sangat, and being able to meet with the Sangat and recite Bani and do Kirtan, then our lives are over. According to Bani, what Maharaj tells us, our lives are over. So we talk about prolonging life through vaccination, through all this kind of stuff. But what are, what are we prolonging life for? All this worldly stuff has no place in Sikhi. That's my view on I, it. I agree. That includes viruses. 
So what did you get a good vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> no, so me having a vaccination, that wasn't... He wants to go on holiday, didn't he? That's why. <laughs> it was nothing to do with my sickie. It was literally just to make my life easier in regards to anything that may come up. Like, you know, the government say you're not allowed to go on holiday without the virus or... Looking after the elders. Yeah, look like yeah. even and getting jobs. As well. you know, sorry, okay, yeah. So, I know, I know we've, we've, we had the sorry. sickie stance and we will always bring it back to a sickie stance. Um, but this is, this is a really, really good question that's been asked. It's a really, really good question that's been asked because... Um, I spoke to a lot of people and, you know, being so passionate about the subject, I do get a lot of people phone me and ask me on my opinions on things. And I always say to anyone that phones me, please, please do your own research. Just in the way that I'm saying, don't go out and just blindly follow the governments and follow the media and the media agendas that are out there. Um, don't just also listen to what I say and take it for granted, you know, take it for gospel that what I'm saying is true because you have to do your own research. Mm. And at the moment, people who are they're talking to me and they're saying, um, I really, really don't want the vaccine because I'm against it, either from an ethical perspective or from a medical perspective, or for, they've done their research or whatever. But they say to me, I'm going to take it because I want to go on holiday. Mm. You know, I'm, what kind of a president are you setting yourself when governments are seeing that they can just inject you with whatever they want in your body? They can put anything in your body just because you want to go on holiday. And this is where, and it's, this is where we get into when I talk about policies, is, you know, just to like sort of like cover some of the things we've been talking about today. It comes back to labelling of other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't just outright label someone with a different view to us. We should try and explore their views, try and explore their opinions, and take that into account. Like you said, you know, I'll, I'll just ask an open question, and you know, feel free to be as honest as you want. In this lockdown, we, we talk about um, following the government and what they say and the guidelines. How many of you on the panel have actually followed the government guidelines to a T? And when I say that, I mean not going around to see your parents at other houses, forming bubbles with more than one household where there is an individual and they have a legit medical reason to form a bubble, not going out outside of the guidelines. How many of us can actually say that we followed those guidelines to a T? Not many. Let's be realistic. I'm not sure many. some of you've got Legos from the park playing football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, people have done their best, but there's been occasions where someone has said, someone's mum has said, oh, I feel really down. And then the, the, the child, the, the, the son or daughter has gone over, gone to the house and said, I shouldn't be here, mum, but I want to see you. You said you're not well. And there's been loads of other scenarios where you can only meet one person from another household in a local park, and he's been. You know, people have been meeting in the parks. You know, you go to any park and it's busy, it's really busy. So obviously, people have tried their best, but with anything, they've, you know, the, the, the standards not, have not been 100%. And if we're talking about, we're talking about governance here. We're talking about governance here. And Baji, you've had a lot of Seva. You've had the thankless job of being on a committee here and doing Seva on a committee. Now, the way our community is going, we have a lot of professionals in our community, yes? And they want to see our institutions run professionally. So when any Guru card, which is free, free food, you're not obligated to eat that, you're not obligated to pay for it, gets a low food rating hygiene, people go, mad, I can't believe it's so low and everything. They'll eat from a restaurant that's got it, but if it, if the Guru card gets a low rating in the hygiene, they kick up a massive first, I'm not going there, my kids ain't eating from there, you lot need to sort it out and but when it comes to the 
guru got on the phone if by the you're on the committee and if you were to say okay i've heard this podcast or i've done my own research we're going to open the guru god tomorrow normal hours i don't care we're having emerson jobs we're having keithans we're having kathavajaks down we're having our usual talks here and if we get a fine we get a fine we'll pay it but even if you've got the money to pay it the community will look down on it and say oh they've been getting fined regularly they're not a professional establishment would you say that's correct okay let me just take this back a little bit uh, at the beginning of the first lockdown i probably discussed it with a few people on the panel that was probably in the three years i've been lucky enough and blessed enough to do seva that was the hardest decision we had to make first one day we were like yeah we're going to we're going to stay open no matter what then we'd have people come out with what are you doing you it's going to kill the elders so that decision we must have had about a dozen meetings in about 3 days and it's the toughest decision ever because we're fighting one side we've got our sikhi and prosa which 100% is true on the other side we people telling us oh it's spreading you're spreading to the elders so that was so 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 difficult but um and going back to that, one of the toughest things in the first lockdown was the funerals where we were only allowed i think from what i remember six people to come in for the borg and uh, being there myself in one of the funerals i think about 10 people turned up and i thought how am i going to do that how am i going to turn people away that's uh, been hard <laughs> i was <laughs> i was just even when i was walking up to the gate to let them in i was thinking yes no yes no yes no but look having the look seeing the looks on their face and you could see that they were relieved to get to the guru ghar i personally didn't have it in me to refuse them yeah, yeah but those decisions i think sometimes get overlooked by people outside they think oh what's the good one i'm doing mm. both sides are going why they're not open why are they open uh, but i like to think <coughs> we tried to keep it uh, stick to the rat and mirada as much as we possibly can um and as body said before we're l- lucky for the second lockdown that we've been allowed to stay open I don't what I found is we'll never please everyone but I think we've done our best and um let's see what happens in going forward. Yeah, uh, two words you've used there which are big words which we haven't discussed is rat and mariyada. Guru Sahib has given us a rat and has given us a mariyada code of conduct and a way of living and a set of rules and regulations and for us you know and I'll say this this is my personal view this is not the view of everyone necessarily on the panel today wherever we are in the world we will try our best to do our own sikhi in our own way wherever we are so we're not in that scenario yet but it might be a country where they say you can't wear your qurban to tomorrow tomorrow they might say you can't have umrah sanjar here you can't share the butta it's not is we class that no longer hygienic you can't wear your qurban here you can't you know in france there was a, there was a ban in the schools of wearing anything uh, religious so you couldn't wear your dastar and, and and everything have you and I would just say sikhi will always prevail I will always adhere to my guru I will always carry out my sikhi and my mariyada to the best of my ability yeah, I make mistakes yeah I contradict myself sometimes you know I do things that I shouldn't do and I have a bad day but generally most of the time i will try my best to do that so going forward like you said at the start of the program this is not medical advice we're not medical experts we're not telling you what you should and shouldn't do um but you give us a few few thoughts before you go on and just wrap it up for us 
Yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting um, podcast today for me as someone who's passionate about this topic. It's been interesting hearing some of the views of the other people on the panel and where they're coming from. And I think that's what it's all about. You know, I'm not here to select. I would just be as big a hypocrite if I turned around to the people who I think have got opposite views to me and said, you're this, you're that. I think I'd be a hypocrite. And I think that's what it's all about. Just to wrap it up is let's take other people's ideas on board. Let's not be quick to label people and let's let's explore their ideas and let's let's do that. And the biggest thing I can say out of this is the reason why I'd say take other people's ideas on board and explore them is because we've already got enough divides in the world as there is. There's already enough reasons to have people divided, whether that's colour, whether that's creed, whether that's social status, any other any other factor. There's already enough divides in the world. Don't let these sort of what's coming out of the pandemic create further divides within your families, within your communities, whether that's your view on sicky, whether that's your view on medicals. Um, explore other people's ideas. Um, have these kinds of discussions. These kinds of discussions are very, very useful because it enables us to see what other people's views are. And hopefully in the future, you know, we're talking about policy making. Hopefully in the future, these kind of views will be taken on board when it comes to creating policies in the future. And that's that's all we can do. You know, we're, we're not here to slay anyone. I'm not here to give medical advice or whatever. But what I am here to say is take other people's ideas on board, speak with people, try and understand how people are feeling and don't create further divides within the communities. Let's stick together. And, you know, I've got plenty of other views on, you know, we talk about the conspiracy, we talk about government control, media control, but all of it will always come back to people sticking together, people being one, not dividing people. And the biggest thing, this is a sick podcast, and I think the best way to finish it is, for me, is, like you said, we're always going to make mistakes in our head, in our mariada, we're always going to make mistakes in our sikki. I'm not here saying we're perfect. But if there is anyone you're going to blindly follow and you're going to, you know, just follow to the T and use that as your basis for anything you do in life, it has to be Sikhi, it has to be Gurusaib. That should always be number one. That should be our foundation and we should build from there. And that, that that's the only way that I can, I can wrap this up. Nothing else after that, boys. It's been a great show. Thank you, everybody. Why? 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 Why